Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Beyond the Fairways with PGA Tour professional Jay Delsing and hosted by four-time Emmy Award-winning broadcaster Dan McLaughlin. Now, it's Beyond the Fairways. Beyond the Fairways presented by Doherty Business Solutions and with Jay Delsing, nearly 30 years on the PGA Tour. I'm Dan McLaughlin. Coming up, our guest, Bob Herrig, Golf writer for SI.com, also author of a couple of books. One of those, Tiger and Phil, Golf's Most Fascinating Rivalry. He has a new book coming out. The title is a little unsure at this point, but it is on Tiger Woods. And first and foremost, Jay, great to be with you and looking forward to visiting with Bob Herrig. Grant, Danny, it's great to be with you. And yeah, Bob has been uh, stalwart in the, um, the sports writers' guild, so to speak. He is uh, credible. He is a hardworking guy. I, I can't wait to ask him about, you know, Phil and Tiger. We, we've had we've had Alan Shipnick on uh, the show. We've had a bunch of uh, red, red books and kind of still waiting for that Billy Walters book to come out. But anyway, there's so, there's so much drama. We could talk about the great accomplishments that both had on the golf course. You can talk about the craziness that they brought to the table off the golf course. It's interesting to see what his opinion is going to be about Phil and Phil's legacy with the whole live thing. I want to get his opinion, too. Tiger now basically sitting on the the PGA Tour boardroom. I want to ask him right off the bat, how does that move the needle? We know Tiger himself moves the needle, but what does that mean for live? What's it mean for the PGA Tour? But to have that voice, that body, that face in there, that's a difference maker. I agree. I, I agree, Denny. And, and it was a it was a a bold and a very wise move by by Commissioner Monahan. He needed some sort of support on his side of the fence. His he was waning. Trust had been broken, and Tiger can fix a lot of things. And we read together, I think, where Tiger had kind of given Jay for now his uh, seal of approval. Yeah. So that goes a long way. Sure does. Live in the PGA Tour. Does it come together? We got to ask Bob about that. I'm sure most of our conversation will focus on live and the PGA Tour because outside of what's happening on the course, this is the main story in golf, undoubtedly. Yeah, there's no doubt. Yeah, there's no doubt. I, um, you know, Danny, you wonder about publicity, and Liv has brought so much negative 
publicity, but man, you, we've been talking golf everywhere we go. People ask you and I, Hey, what do you guys think about, you know, are, are, are they going to bring the guys back? Are, we, we hear so many different questions. So in one sense, it, there's a kind of a dark side to live and I don't like what they've done to golf, the exhibition side and all that. But on the other side, D, we, we have been talking lots and lots of golf. Well, we're going to talk about it in our innovations in golf. $75 million up for grabs. Only the top 70 in the standings qualify for the three-event postseason uh, tournament, if you will, for the PGA Tour. And we're going to have our tip segment, which we're going to talk about. This is I kind of I find this interesting. Just a simple question. What golf ball should you use? Yeah. You know, if you're a putter or you got a good iron player, you drive the ball or don't drive the ball, but I think that's interesting. And then the PGA Tour has a stop the FedEx St. Jude Championship in Memphis, Tennessee, and my man over there knows a little well, a little thing or two about putting up a low number, low score at Memphis. I've had some good days at Memphis, but you're talking about the FedEx Cup, 75 million. 75 Man, big ones. Can we just roll the clock back? Let me in. It, I I could play at Memphis. I don't know about the other places, but I can I could do some good down there. What's cool, too, is that, and we'll get into this, but you start with the 70 top players and yep. then... It's a cut, yep. and then it's another. It's just kind of cool how they do it. It is. It is fun. I think it it, it 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 builds a little drama towards the back end of the season. I still don't love the changing of the majors and the time of the year, either. and I don't love this the 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 wraparound season. You know, because they they take a week off, and then you know they start playing, uh, and that's kind of the twenty three twenty four. I I still have a hard time with that, but. 75. I just keep thinking about 75 million, man. That's a lot of money. You were ranked at one point 51st in the world. Jaybird, a few years ago, you'd be playing in this for the 75 million big ones. I'd be walking down Highway 55 right now to Memphis, Tennessee, Danny. Right now, I love the TPC Southwind for whatever reason. I've had some really good results there. And yeah, well, anyway, when when I had those good years, it was phenomenal and i still remember those and I've, i'm grateful for those and you know what the times have moved on and the guys are better and uh it, it's fun it's fun to watch and we'll move on as well this is beyond the fairways presented by darty business solutions coming up a visit with bob Harry. Darty Business Solutions, our title sponsor, is a leader in our community in so many areas. Do they have over 2,500 teammates in over 30 states and three countries? Yes, they do. Are they the largest IT consultant firm in our area? Yes, they are. Are they the largest software developer in the region? Yes, they are. But here are a few more important things to know about Darty Business Solutions. They were the presenting sponsor of the Ascension Charity Classic. This is a community game changer. First of all, it builds diversity in the IT workforce. Hundreds of mostly African-American women are getting fifty dollars to $60,000 a year jobs right out of high school. That's right, right out of high school. Ron Darty, company founder, shared the 2023 Heartball, which supported the local American Heart Association chapters and raised over $600,000 in one evening. These are just a few examples of the many things that Darty Business Solutions do for our community. Darty Business Solutions. It's time for the Beyond the Fairways player profile. Let's get back to Jay and Dan. Beyond the Fairways presented by Doherty Business Solutions. 
And with Jay Delsing, I'm Dan McLaughlin, and this is a pleasure to visit in with Bob Herrick. He is the writer for SI.com, author of the book, Tiger and Phil, Golf's Most Fascinating Rivalry. And uh, Bob, thanks for your time today, and we certainly appreciate it. Happy to do it. Thanks for having me, guys. You bet. Now, let's jump into this. One of the biggest news in the last week, and you think about what's happened in so many different realms of golf, but Tiger has a seat on the PGA Tour boardroom. What was your initial impressions of that secondarily? What do you think happens with that seat on the boardroom? Yeah, listen, it's a big deal, I think. Um, you know, Tiger getting involved in the tour sort of uh, comings and goings and, and the business of the tour is important because of the weight that he carries. And uh, I try to write about this a little bit earlier in the week, but the players have, have respect Tiger. Most of them look up to him. The people in the game sort of, I, I, I sense they, they respect his opinion. And while that doesn't necessarily mean they're always going to agree with him or always side with him, how he feels about things going forward, I think is going to have some have a big impact. You trickle that down to, well, how does that impact the deal with the public investment fund of Saudi Arabia? I mean, I try to bear, you know, boil it down. Do they want to be with Tiger or against him? Do you want to be with Tiger and be part of golf's ecosystem and, and have a seat at the table with the tour, be, a, be a, a player with the major championships, that sort of thing? Or do you decide, nope, we're just going to go our own way and we're going to keep pushing forward the Live Golf League and we're going to poach a few more players and you know pay big money and be something different, be, you know, be additive, be an alternative to what they do? I think... It, it's a, it's an interesting dilemma, and and for for the tour though, I think it was really smart to bring Tiger on board this way because I think it puts them in a little bit of a position of power now. Um, yes, they need the PIF money. I think the PIF and Yasser Al Rumayan, the governor of the PIF, I think he needs the tour to to accomplish his goals. So. You know, now now we see how this plays out over the next several months. Bob, I think it's really interesting that Jay Monahan went to the biggest, uh, put the biggest uh, face on the mantle. Uh, he, from a player standpoint, I can tell you that he was in a very untenable position, and I think he did the absolute best thing he could have possibly done. Because, like to your point, you bring Tiger Woods to the table. And that's going to satisfy an awful lot of the players as well as there. There's some. There's some. A lot of fences to mend over there. No question. And Jay, you would know this better than 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 most of us. But my sense is is that the governance of the tour has been, for the most part, not leaning toward player a, a lot of player input. And and maybe that's too broad of a of a statement. You know, obviously there's a player advisory council. There's a there, there's players that are on the board. But unless it was a golf issue, you know, tournaments or rules or fines or doing things, you know, along those lines, my sense is, is a lot of the decisions were not with the player input. Doing certain events or, you know, the World Golf Championships or, or getting rid of them or whatever, those were not done with a lot of player feedback. Sort of the business of the tour was handled by the businessmen and the players were left out. Like, for example, my I don't think Jay was ever voted on by the players to become the commissioner. He was anointed, He was basically anointed by Tim Fincham. And the same thing um, happened, Bob, with Tim, who who came in from Dean Beeman, and we we didn't we wound. I, I'm not sure if there was actually a vote, but it's kind of similar to what you're saying. This is this is who you've got. 
let's move forward. And, and to your point, a lot of the players, Bob, aren't business inclined. But as, as you start talking to Rory, you start talking about Tiger, you start having guys that have pretty much empires. They, they are much more involved and can be much more meaningful. I, 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 like, I like what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, I, I don't think the, tour, the players want to run the tour. I mean, I think that would be dangerous. You do need business people and sharp business people that handle all that. They just want more input. And, and you know, right away when the, when the word came down, not only did Tiger want to be on the board, but they wanted some assurances that they would not be passed over or ignored when, when certain decisions are, are being made. Like, for example, the secret, you know, agreement, the, the, the framework agreement. That that would not have happened without player input under sort of these this new mandate that they're going to look at the documents and, and rework them. So, you know, it's shifted here a little bit in the last couple of weeks. The players are getting more of a say. First of all, they've always been outnumbered. Not that that would necessarily mean that they would lose out. I mean, they don't tell us the, the almost every board vote. They just tell us it's approved or 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 it was unanimous. There's not much discussion about well it was six to five or what have you well now you know it's six players and and six board members and so that they they have equal say and i think that's important for the players and and you we've we've seen this shift here i've gone said this i've written this many many times no matter what you think of live which i think is a separate issue in, in you know its structure and how it existed the reason it exists is because there was this sort of backroom acrimony there was this sense that, you know, the star players probably deserve better compensation. And golf's the only sport that doesn't give any guaranteed money. You know, even tennis, if you if you lose in the first round at Wimbledon, you get paid. You know, Jay, you show up on Tuesday for a practice round. They're, they sell tickets and concessions usually. The Pro-Am is the, is the huge money source for the local organizing body to pay their bills. They use the players to sell it, obviously. They sell tickets and concessions. Then you play Thursday and Friday. TV's showing it. that There's a rights fee for that. They're, they're obviously, again, selling tickets, hospitality. All this stuff goes on, and if you don't shoot the proper score, you get zero. I mean, it's it, there's virtually no – like I've made the argument with somebody, would I go to a golf tournament for four days and on Friday night my editor tell me, boy, every one of those stories really stunk. We're not going to pay you. <laughs> You know, I mean, it just doesn't work that way, you know, and I, I understand sort of the the romantic side of m making a cut and earning what you what you get for through your play. That's all great. But I, I also think there's there's just been this growing sentiment that a PJ Tour member shouldn't, you know, who's fully exempt should not be in a position of for possibly losing money. And so that's how we got to this point. Bob Herrick from SI.com is our guest, and you've seen him nationally, read him nationally as well. You know, Bob, if you look at Live and you look at the PGA Tour, there's, there's so much going on with this. But simply put, do you see a time in which this finally does come to fruition and it all comes together? Well, I mean, I think that's what the next several months are about. I mean, they're supposed to, according to the frame of agreement, they need to come to consensus by the end of the year. I suppose they could always kick it down the road and extend the deadline. It's really in both parties' interest to, to, to make something work. If it doesn't work, the tour is faced with a competitor that can spend 
way more than it can. And it's going to, it's going to face the prospect of losing some guys, you know, I mean, they, they see what Dustin and Phil and Bryson and, you know, a bunch of these guys are making and getting paid every week. And, you know, the chance to win $4 million if you win. And, you know, you have this team concept where they pay for your travel. This is not to necessarily condone shotgun starts or 54 holes or whatever. I think those are separate issues, but nonetheless, it's hard to say no to that to some for some guys. And so the tour will always be faced with that if they don't make a deal. Conversely, does the PIF, does Yasser, does he want a seat at the table with the big boys? Does he want to be able to go to the Open like he did a few weeks ago? Does he want to be able to go to the Masters and be accepted? You know, does he want to be part of the ecosystem? For there to be a deal, it's going to require their cooperation. That, to me, means less of live. Some, there, there might be a form of live, but I don't see how 14 tournaments works. I don't see how, you know, clearly the PGA Tour is going to want to have Cam Smith playing in the players. It's going to want to have Brooks Kepka playing in it. It's going to want to have the top players playing together at the Memorial. In order to make that work, you've got, a, you've got a lot of things to figure out. That's why there's that new, you know, for-profit entity that's being called NUCO or PGA Tour Enterprises. I could see it being folded into that somehow. And that way, you know, Yasser gets his board seat. Maybe the PIF or Aramco becomes a presenting sponsor at some regular PGA Tour events, you know, the, as the tour as we know it now. And then they fund or get off the ground this, this other venture that might be sort of a live lookalike. That's sort of where I see it going. But I think we're a long way away from, from those details being fleshed out. And again, let's go back to Tiger. If Tiger wants live dead, I think there's a good chance it'll be gone. But yet Tiger, as I wrote, has never he's never spoke out negatively about Saudi, about the, you know, the, the moral issues that are involved, you know, the, the human rights stuff with, the, with Saudi Arabia. Never talked about that. He admitted that four or five years ago, his people talked to PGL, the Premier Golf League, which is sort of the forerunner of live. Talk to them. You know, he had his, his agents. They, they, they didn't shut it down. And they, it's the similar concept. So, so if you talk to them then, why would you – what makes you hate it now? You know, I think there's reasons for that. I don't think Norman's a big – I don't think Tiger's a big fan of Greg Norman. I think that's part of it. I don't think the way – I don't think they like the way it all, it all transpired. But I don't think he's necessarily against the concept of some sort of a team issue or some sort of team golf that could be part of a, of, of a larger PGA umbrella. Is that Greg Norman calling you right now, Bob? <laughs> he's, he's mad at yeah, he's mad at me. Bob, you actually, know, actually, I actually I get along fine with Greg. You know, that's neither here nor there. I try to be fair to them all, <laughs> and I think you do a really good job of that. But you know, we've had Tom Watson on the show, we've had Jack Nicholas on the show, and they're all calling uh, "Live What It Is." In my opinion, and it's an exhibition. I mean, I don't ever see a day when the PGA Tour doesn't exist. And what's really interesting to me, Bob, where Tiger's interest is the most heightened, in my opinion, is the legacy part. And I know you've got a new book coming out about Tiger, and we can talk about that later. But I'm really an anxious to read it. If you start minimalizing the accomplishments that Tiger has sought his entire life to uh, accomplish and achieve – you're going to have a problem and there that something's going to have to give because it won't be those. 
you know, that's some of the the stuff that Tiger has discussed. And it's a good point. And frankly, the tour, I think, now in retrospect, went down the wrong path about of making it about Saudi and the PIF, because those points are very valid if you want to push back. You know, I've, I hear from the live people like, you know, like how much they, they don't like the tour. I said, what, what did you expect them to do? Did you expect them to just step aside and let them waltz right in and take their players? You know, they, they were going to enforce their rules. We can argue whether or not there should be an, an, another additive thing going on, like, you know, like live, you know, could, could that work? I mean, there's been all sport, sorts of speculation. Should the tour have talked to them early on? Could they have squelched this possibly? But the bottom line is, is, is they launched until Bryson shot the 58. I've told people there's just not been that much interest in their events. I've been to a bunch of them. You know, we get metrics on what we write. The stuff that resonates is the off the course stuff. The actual playing out of the rounds, uh, what happens has is far is a far less interest. You know, if a big name like like Bryson or Cam Smith does something, that gets attention. You know, when Taylor Gooch won a couple of times overseas and it was played at off hours, I think that got attention. Especially since, you know, that was a guy who was in a bit of a controversy about not getting in the uh, U.S. Open. But, I mean, for the most part, because of the lack of, of ability to see it, the, their events have not have not really resonated. And, and that's a huge problem for them. And it's here we are. Right? Yet, if you talk to the live people, they, they absolutely think that they, they are a, a success. Now, that the, now the barriers are taken down because the tour has gone to them and said they would work with them. It's uh, how, how that all fits together, I think, is is going to be fascinating to see how it works. Hey, guys, hold on for just a moment. Want to tell our listeners about Factor. With the busy fall season just around the corner, you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals for jam-packed days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals. I use them. Jay uses them. Our families eat them. It's delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. Too busy with your end-of-summer goals to cook but want to make sure that you're eating well? Think Factor. Refresh your healthy habits without missing a beat. It's Factor. Level up with gourmet plus options. Prepared to perfection by chefs and ready to eat in record time. That's Factor. Too busy running around during the day to think about lunch. Think about Factor. Looking for calorie-conscious options ahead of the busy season? It's delicious, dietitian approved calorie-smart meals, with around or less than 550 calories per serving. Head to factormeals.com slash BTF50. Use the code BTF50. You'll get 50% off. That's code BTF50 at factormeals.com slash BTF50 to get 50% off. Bob Herrig is our guest. He's also written the author of the book, Tiger and Phil, Golf's Most Fascinating Rivalry. Give us something that really stood out in the book. I, I'm always fascinated with Tiger and Phil, any stories that involve those two. But what did you learn about those two and a, a fascinating story or two in your book? Well, one thing I, I like to point out is that, especially for people who are younger, you know, Phil was Tiger before Tiger. Most of us who follow golf or even, even younger people are aware that Tiger was a phenom. You know, he was on, he was on TV at age two or three. He was well chronicled as a junior player. He had racked up tons of trophies before he even went to high school. 
you know, but Phil was very similar, just without the, the same kind of attention. You know, he was being recruited to colleges when he was a freshman in high school. He won everything in San Diego. He, uh, you know, I think he's still the record holder for most AJGA victories. And look, Phil won a tour event as an amateur and Tiger never sniffed one. I, I think if there's something that I, I try to steer people to, you know, obviously we know all about Tiger and how great he was, but so was Phil, just in a different way. Phil's record doesn't come close to matching Tiger's, but really nobody else has come close to matching Phil's. Not in the last 30, 40 years. Before Phil got to 45, 45 PGA Tour wins, I believe the last player to get that high was Tom Watson, aside from Tiger, of course. It's just, it just doesn't happen anymore. You know, I mean, the idea of even getting to 30 PGA Tour wins is going to be incredible. I mean, I think Dustin Johnson had a chance at that if he if he hadn't uh, gone over. And I still think, obviously, Rory has a great chance. But how many others? You know, we're seeing with Justin Thomas right now how hard it is. He's got 15 wins, you know, and he's off to a great start in his career. But, you know, it's just not that easy to rack up those victories. And, and I think Phil, in a weird sort of way, his career was a bit underrated because he played at the same time as Tiger, and their records are so different. And yet, if you just took Phil and looked at his, it's pretty amazing. Bob, isn't it true, I think I've read this, Phil Mickelson's never been ranked number one player in the world. Phil was never number one in the world. Isn't that incredible? He never won the money title. He was never player of the year. A lot of that was because Tiger thwarted him. I mean, Tiger won. Tiger was player of the year 10 times. Phil had a couple of chances to get to number one, like in the early, like around 2010, 11 timeframe when Tiger, you know, was struggling and he, and he fell off the perch there for a while. And, and Phil was number two and needed a result, needed a result, needed a result and never got there. He never got to number one in the world and he still won 45 times. Um, 36 of his wins came after Tiger turned pro. Phil won nine times before Tiger even teed it up as a pro. It's pretty amazing, really, how long Phil played. Yeah, and, and yet Phil has said that he maybe wouldn't have done as well as he did if Tiger hadn't come along to motivate him to get better. So it's easy to say, well, God, look how many more he would have won if Tiger hadn't been there. And there were a couple where Tiger got him and Phil was right there. He might not have been as dedicated or as driven to, to get there if, if Tiger hadn't come along and shown, wow, I, I got to get better. Do you think Phil's reputation or the way we look at him now has been tarnished with everything involved at Live and, and in many ways he's kind of the face of it from the player's side? Do you see that now being tarnished and that look at him overlooking what he's done, and you just mentioned the accolades, but do you think that kind of overshadows what he's done on the course to what we see now? Yeah, listen, I think that's inevitable. I mean, I I would wish it would not be that way. I wish we could just look at what happened through the PGA Championship at Kiowa, all of which, you know, frankly makes it odd what he did. Phil was a conquering hero when he won at Kiowa. Tiger wasn't playing. Phil had the last major, the last win on Tiger, became the oldest major winner ever, 50 years old. Nobody, nobody had been older than 48. It had been, it was like a 50 some odd year record uh, that Julius Boros set. And he got a sixth major, which is, you know, really big too. I mean, I think the sixth major pushed Phil into the area where you could talk about him being a, ten, a, a top 10 player all time with 45 wins and six majors. You know, I, it, it's certainly within the discussion if he's not. 
And, you know, look at what he had ahead of him if there was no live. He was going to be playing the majors for a long time. He's shown flashes of competitiveness still in his 50s. Could have played Champions Tour golf, keep his name out there to win more tournaments. He could have probably been on TV, probably could have made 8 to $10 million a year on TV. Obviously, all of his endorsements would have been enhanced. You know, all the, all the manufacturers, all the people, he would have been in demand for speaking. Now, look, I know he cashed in big time for live, but he lost a lot. He lost a lot of endorsements. He, you know, the TV thing is gone. He won't be a Ryder Cup captain. Yeah, I mean, I think in a lot of minds, his, his image has been tarnished. Whether you hate it because of the Saudi influence or you hate it because he turned his back on, you know, the platform that made him. Even one of his big arguments about not getting to own his own media rights. And Tiger, I wrote about that too. Tiger expressed some very, very similar sentiments. You know, you can imagine how much more money Tiger could make if he had that. But Tiger went about it in a different way. He didn't thump his chest about it and, 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 and disparage the PGA Tour. He just questioned it. And no sports league allows allows its players. Otherwise, they could just go off and do whatever they wanted. I mean, that's how they sell TV rights. You wouldn't see Steph Curry play in a three-on-three basketball summer thing or even in, during the season that's televised because the NBA or, you know, the Golden State Warriors have his rights. And and that's that's to protect the TV networks who want exclusivity. It's the same with golf. Long-winded answer, but yeah, I, I just think it's inevitable. There's in some people's eyes, Phil will never be the same. Bob, I always struggled a little bit with the TV rights thing. To your point, I mean, could you imagine if Michael Jordan said, you know, nah, you don't have them, and so we couldn't watch him in Game Seven? I, there, there were tweaks that need to be done. But let me ask you this, which, which is, I, I feel kind of an interesting question. I'd love to hear your opinion. No two players in the history of golf have created more drama, both negatively and probably positively with their play than these two guys. So when it comes to our times, social media and all this, they're almost the perfect kind of characters. Yeah. I mean, look, you could argue that their rivalry continues, you know, I mean, they're on, they're on opposite sides of this whole drama. It's, it is kind of amazing how at this time we had sort of passed the time you know, of, of guys getting to these high levels of PGA Tour victories. You know, look at some of the greatest players. So, you know, guys, you would have played with Jay. You know, Tom Kite, Ben Crenshaw, and Lanny Watkins. Those guys made it to like 19, 20, 21 wins. You know, Curtis Strange, 17 wins. Davis Love got to 21. Ernie only got to 19. Now, of course, he played all over the world, too. But, I mean, my point is, is there's... There was a, you know, Faldo, Norman, Norman 120. We weren't seeing guys come along and get to these huge numbers of PJ Tour victories. And yet Tiger and Phil came along at a very, very competitive time and managed to do that. You know, and I, I think that's, you know, and it, look, it's probably more competitive now. So, it, which makes it even harder, which, which to me means like if a guy like a Rory or, you know, could, could get to or JT or Spieth could get to 30 wins. It's even more impressive because it's so hard to do now. Bob, a final question for you. You have written the book that we talked about, which is Tiger and Phil, golf's most fascinating rivalry. But you also have a book potentially coming out with this name, Drive, The Legacy of Tiger Woods. Now, we know it's a book on Tiger Woods. The name may change. 
But tell us a little bit about that book and what's coming out. Yeah, it's going to come out in the spring right before the Masters. And, and a lot of it is tied to the, to the 2019 Masters. It's amazing that it'll be five years since in the spring. And, you know, the basis of the book, it's not a biography. It's not, you know, a deep dive into his life. It's just simply examples of what made him his record so great. And the record, the 82 wins and the 15 majors and long streak of being number one is really a product of his drive. You know, his resiliency, his never say never, his never quit. And the book is a bunch of examples of that. You know, obviously the 2019 Masters is the height of it. You know, how he came back from a very, very serious surgery just two years before to win a major is pretty remarkable. But there's other examples that I that I cite, you know, the 142 straight cuts. Um, you know, his very first major, he shot 40 on the front nine at Augusta. Who comes back from that? You know, a, a lot of guys would be would be wallowing in what's what's wrong. They, they would panic. You know, Tiger instead shot 30 on the back nine and went on to win by 12. You know, even even at the 2020 Masters played November, when he makes a 10 on the 12th hole, hit three balls in the water, he managed to come back and birdie five of the last six holes. Now, that didn't matter in the least, right? Tiger, what, what difference did it make if Tiger shot 76 or 79 or finished 30th, but yet he just dug down and, and wasn't going to be satisfied. I mean, that that's sort of the theme of, of this book and, and how he has, you know, throughout his career has always fought back, you know, had sort of this inner, you know, this inner drive to, to succeed. Bob, his compete level is nothing like I've ever seen. And, you know, we've been, I've been hanging around a lot of really good players for a Long, long time. There's nothing like that, and I think that goes hand in hand in hand with the the drive. and And I can't wait to read that book. Thank you. Yeah, it's. I think I agree. You know, it's just there's just so many examples of it. You know, obviously the 2008 U.S. Open. Yeah, you know, I, I covered that a lot in the first book too, in the Tiger Phil book. But I mean, how do you, you know, how do you do that? I mean, the guy hadn't played since the Masters that year. It's just remarkable resiliency to push through that. Look, even coming back from the scandal in 2010. Now, look, Tiger went through a lull there for a while. But that very first tournament back, he tied for fourth. He had no business being in contention that week. You know, uh, you know he actually went into the final round with a chance. Now, he didn't play great in the final round. But the fact that after being away for five months, all the negativity, look, self inflicted you know that we're not getting around that but from the golf standpoint he had nothing uh, two or three weeks before you know he just his, his his head wasn't there his game was not there and he somehow managed a fourth place finish frankly it's maybe the one thing i i criticize him about in the book he did not take that and step back and recognize what a great accomplishment that was he was mad at himself for not winning he was mad that phil won he actually got worse after that instead of using that as a great stepping stone, like, wow, what a, what, what a great accomplishment. But see, that's just not how Tiger's mind works. There are no moral victories for him, uh, but that was maybe one time where there should have been. Hey, Bob, thank you so much for your time. Love your work at SI.com. Loved your work for many, many years, whether it be radio, television, or obviously with the books. And thanks for joining us. We certainly appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having me, guys. It's the breakdown. There it is. A win for the ages. That is better than most. Better than most. Maybe. Yes, sir. 
is the return to glory on Beyond the Fairways. Fun to visit with Bob Herrick. A lot of information there, well thought out, very detailed. A lot of things to get into. I'll start with Phil. Is it tarnished? I, I wanted to hear his opinion. Is is the reputation or who Phil Mickelson is, 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 is it been tarnished? I think it has been, undoubtedly, but he could have had so much on the TV side. I hadn't thought much about PGA Tour champions. Obviously, he, he would have some success there. I, I don't think anybody doubts that. But also, the endorsements of being the face and kind of gravitating towards the latter stages of his golf career Man, he, there's a lot that he left on the table. I understand he took the big money. I get it. But, man, there, there was a lot of money and a lot of prestige that maybe he left on the table. Let me ask you this, Danny. If you're Phil, he's come out repeatedly and said he didn't go to live for the money. He went for the money. <laughs> went for the money. He didn't go for the money. just went for the money. But do you reach a point in time? I have never reached this point in time. I don't know if you have either. But where the money, the money gets transposed and is not the most important thing because look at the things it's not I think like it depends he was, on how much you've made though right and, and he's made like a he, bundle it's that right it's not like he was going to go to cbs and be a poor man they're going to probably pay him between five and ten million dollars to be the new analyst it's not like he couldn't go on the champions tour and knock off you know several million dollars there i just don't get it but tarnished hell yeah it's tarnished it's it's a it's Two black eyes. And look at what I loved about the way what Bob said. I feel the same way about look at how Tiger Woods. Tiger has a problem with the NFTs. I think those are those that new way of, of, uh, of controlling some of your images and likenesses. And um, and it's a brand new concept within the last, what, Danny, two years, three, two, years, three years, three, yeah. two, three years or so. Right. So that story still yet to be written. But look at the way Tiger didn't go making a big splash and going on uh, social media and he 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 does it in a in a more respectful way. I got to rem- I got to remind you of this story Danny. Tom Watson was a Ryder Cup captain and Tom and and a lot of players minds didn't do a very good job of understanding his team, etc. Kind of felt like the players felt like there was a generation gap between Captain Watson and the players, and it showed in the, his pairings and things like that, where they felt like, man, you just didn't really know, you know, who we were as a team and things like that. And instead of handling that in the back room, and Tiger was on that team as well, Phil goes public. I would have preferred, if I'm Tom Watson, that Phil and I have a fist fight in the back at, you know, 10 o'clock at night between the two of us and we work it out and wind up shaking hands and say, Hey, we agree to disagree, but the media, it just shows me that I feel like Phil is always trying to be either seen or taken more importantly than he is. I, I don't know if that's just me, but there's other ways to do it. Keep your reputation high as it was phil phil mickelson's had a huge fall danny wasn't that interesting though when bob mentioned all the accolades that phil has accomplished in his career much of that as an amateur but still pretty amazing when he started running down the list of what he's done and he did it with tiger and i thought it was interesting too what he had to say about tiger and his greatest moments in his drive but with phil where is he if he wins a couple of more majors? What, what are we talking about in, in terms of all-time rankings with Phil Mickelson? Oh, Danny, we're talking about top five. That's I mean, I I, look, listen, in my opinion, you can make a strong opinion for Phil, be, Phil being a top five player now because the era that he came out and won his 40-some-odd events, 
was dead smack in the middle of the, of the prime of Tiger Woods. Right. And Tiger was playing, you know, 15 to 18 events and winning 6 to 10 a year. I mean, Danny, the only thing I know about golf is only one guy gets to win each week. And Phil still racked up 40-plus wins, four, over four, awesome. what, 46, 40, yeah. 48, something like that. And, and so it, it's remarkable. And I love what Bob said about the guys more in my generation now. He talked about Tom Kite winning in 19 or 20 and Ben Crenshaw, same way. Greg Norman won 20 on the PGA Tour, but probably 100 worldwide. Ernie Els, he brought up, which is not as relevant, in my opinion, because Ernie didn't play full-time over here. Ernie won 19 events over here, four majors, two U.S. Opens, two British Opens. But he Ernie's won over 70 tournaments around the world. You know, so that didn't that that didn't relate as well to me. But you know, Phil, top ten player of all time for sure. But you could make a good argument for top five. Well, let's wrap up the segment. I, I, you know, I, I think about Tiger Woods, and he talked about that first year at the Masters, a forty on the front nine, and then blows away the field. I forgot. About, I forgot about the forty on the front nine, and then what he does the rest of the way. That was unbelievable. You start putting it in perspective. That's incredible. Here's the most incredible thing about that, Danny. This is a what, was he a nineteen year old, a twenty one year old? What the twenty one? I believe the youngest champion ever for sure. First African American or first Asian American Asian. Uh, person of of Asian descent to win uh, the Masters in a major. Just phenomenal stuff. But he walks off of there, Danny, and knows that he has to change his golf swing because he cannot hit the shots he wants to hit under pressure in a major championship. What? He just won by 12. And he changed his swing three different times. I I don't understand why he would do that, but he (laughs) did it. And Brandel Chambly was talking about that, which is, you know, you could basically almost build a Hall of Fame resume for each change that he made. Incredible. Well, coming up, we're going to talk about our tip segment and what type of golf ball you should use. Now, Tiger had one of the most famous golf ball shots ever at the Masters. When it's just the Nike logo sitting there for a little bit, then drops. So we'll, we'll talk about what type of golf ball you should use in different situations, potentially. We'll hear what Jay has to say about that. This is Beyond the Fairways, presented by Darty Business Solutions. Have you ever wanted tips from a PGA pro? It's the tips segment on Beyond the Fairways with PGA professional Jay Delsing and four-time Emmy Award-winning broadcaster, Dan McLaughlin. Tip segment on Beyond the Fairways presented by Darty Business Solutions. All right, Jay, without uh, being a spokesman for whatever <laughs> golf ball that you're hitting, so take that out of the equation. Can you take it out? Well, if you want to give a little, yeah, you know. a little, little rub to Titleist. They've been, they, I've, I had this weird thing when I was a, when I was a little boy, and, you know, we, we grew up the way we did, playing a muni course with a father who was a former Major League Baseball player, but, you know, finished high school at night, didn't make a whole lot of money. So, Danny, we were we would never buy balls. We would look for balls. And, you know, you've been on the golf course with me Oh, a lot. I love it. You're a ball hawk. I can ball hawk, man. <laughs> I, I find balls. So, we would find, whenever we'd find a Titleist, we would tell each other, like, Dad, I found a Titleist. You know, like that one year, Danny, I remember two, two things. I collected a dozen brand new titles that I found and gave them to my dad for Father's Day. And he was like, wow. And then I took like half of them. <laughs> but my dad was looking for a ball and he saw one in the creek and my dad was not a water guy. Like you go to the swimming pool, eh, he jumped in, deal. but it was not his thing, right? And he fell in. 
<laughs> oh man, I saw him. I've never seen him move so, so going quick. Going for the ball, going for the ball, and he got the ball. Yeah, but then he got soaked, and I'm like, he's like, "Don't you laugh at me?" I'm like, I kind of already did. It, it happens. A, yeah, yeah. Um, so. Sorry for that for that story, but the, for the golf ball. So no, now this is this simply put. Okay, you ready? What type of golf ball should you use? Well, and there's all kinds of situations, right? Yeah, absolutely. The, so we know one thing for sure: when your temperature gets over eighty, all of your high performance balls for guys that have, I'm going to say, have club head speed of over a hundred, um, the ball performs. It goes so it you can goes tell and goes difference. you see you could yeah i've seen it i've seen it in your speed i've seen it it absolutely changes now bridgestone has a phenomenal um kind of categorizer that says if your swing speed is here play this ball if your swing speed is there play that ball funny thing is danny go to the golf shop talk to the pro 82 percent of all balls sold in green grass golf Shops are Titleist. A cushion at Titleist. Yeah, it has to be. Amazing. And we find them all over the place. You're playing the TP5 right now. Love the TP5. Our buddy Jeff Thornhill, who's a, a great guy, works for TaylorMade Company. Uh, that's a great ball. Yep. It is a damn good ball. I personally think if your handicap is not a one or a two, you're anything in that three to above – you're really and truly not going to be able to see the difference between a Pro V1, a, T- a TP5. Uh, um, um, take all the balls. The Shrixon ball is still a good ball. Um, uh, who am I missing, Danny? Um, I'm a, trying to think too. You've named three of the yeah, major four. Well, those are the those are the majors. Oh, the Callaway. There you and go. And the Callaway ball. So the Chrome Soft Callaway. The the biggest thing I would do, folks, is I would try these these. Um, low speed balls, I'll call them more that that will work with your club head speed under a hundred miles an hour. Uh, I don't think you're gonna, you're not gonna notice a big deal. I would try to save some of the money, but like we said, the most found ball on the golf course is the Pro V1. More more players play it because they have this concept that it's the best. So crazy question: Do some balls roll differently than others on the green? Or are they all typically the same? I think they're all typically the same in that in that sense. Now, Danny, back in the day when the balls were wound, that's what I'm asking. No, I yeah. know, I knew, I knew where you were going with this. That was not the case, and you would get these balls, and you'd go, "This thing is rolling like an egg." Yeah, and you look at it, Danny, and the balls would like actually dented. get out of round. They'd exactly, yeah, they'd almost get dented because what would happen is the rubber bands inside would break, and then the the ball would actually lose some of its shape. So when I was a kid, the one of the first rules type things that that the um, the head pro that when I was working at Norwood gave me was called a ball ring. And it was a, it was a ball as a ring, a metal ring made by the USGA that you had to test your ball because if you were playing with a ball out of round, it was actually illegal. So Danny, these, these modern balls, they don't get out of round because no. there's no, there's none of that fluctuation. But what was interesting, there was a long drive competition I was up in Michigan, and I saw this guy named Evan Big Cat Williams hit a, a, a lot of ball through a phone book, and, <laughs> and they had it on camera. And when the ball was traveling in the air, Danny, it was like it had compressed like half the size. Sure. Because the rubber bands just were screaming like, ouch. This guy Isn't just smoked me. And just, yeah. So in terms of the innovation and in terms of uh, the, the golf ball 
today is a rocket that spins like a balada. We're going to continue with the show, Innovations in Golf. One of the things I want to get into, and we mentioned this a little bit earlier, but $75 million up for grabs as we talk about the, the FedEx standings and the championship coming up should be fun. This is an innovation in golf on the PGA Tour. That's Jay Delsing. I'm Dan McLaughlin. Beyond the Fairways presented by Doherty Business Solutions. Darty Business Solutions, our title sponsor, is a leader in our community in so many areas. Do they have over 2,500 teammates in over 30 states and three countries? Yes, they do. Are they the largest IT consultant firm in our area? Yes, they are. Are they the largest software developer in the region? Yes, they are. But here are a few more important things to know about Darty Business Solutions. They were the presenting sponsor of the Ascension Charity Classic. This is a community game changer. First of all, it builds diversity in the IT workforce. Hundreds of mostly African-American women are getting fifty dollars to $60,000 a year jobs right out of high school. That's right, right out of high school. Ron Darty, company founder, shared the 2023 Heartball, which supported the local American Heart Association chapters and raised over $600,000 in one evening. These are just a few examples of the many things that Darty Business Solutions do for our community. Darty Business Solutions. The world of golf is ever evolving. It's time for equipment and innovations in golf. On Beyond the Fairways. Innovations in golf and the PGA Tour implemented the FedEx championship, if you will, a playoff. And this has been good for the sport. Would you agree? Oh, Danny, absolutely. First of all, FedEx has been a rock star partner for the for professional golf and the PGA Tour for decades and decades. And now the FedEx Cup, this thing is, it just throws some excitement to it. You know, there's a little lull in the sports uh, calendar right now because Football won't start, you know, for another month or so, and we're going to sneak in a, a little bit of exciting golf before we turn the calendar and go to 2023. And that's college football, too. So before football gets here, which is a behemoth in sports in terms of fan interest, television ratings, this is a way to, to kind of break up the doldrums of just going every weekend to a different stop. Me personally, I love it. I'll watch golf no matter what. They could be playing anywhere. I'm going to watch it. But with a little bit more on the line, it's not a major, but yet we, we talked about the, the money that's involved. There is just it, it just feels a little different than some of the other events that are there continuously throughout the, uh, the PGA Tour season. Yeah, no, absolutely, Danny. I mean, what they're trying to do is create excitement. This is a... You know, a, a year-long competition where points are given out, and and um, it means a lot to the players, I'll tell you. I mean, think about how much money they're divvying up here. I mean, Rory talked about going to win it for the fourth time, and he'll he, – I, I don't believe Tiger. I think Tiger's won it three times. I think Rory would be the first four-time champion. So, uh, it's – Anytime, listen, anytime you're putting together a tournament and you're giving away that kind of money, there's going to be a lot of excitement and a lot of people pushing. So three tournaments, it starts with the top 70 and then you cut and you cut and it's kind of fun to see who's left standing at the very end. Yeah, that's and it's interesting. And we'll talk about this more when it comes here. But what do you think, Danny, about the the last championship the last uh, it, it's a it's a tour championship sponsored by coca-cola it's at east lake all gr- great sponsor great venue but then whomever is leading starts 
you know, starts the tournament at 10 under par. I would have loved that if I oh, was playing. Oh, yeah. It's different. Yeah. It's different. But it that's that's part of this, though. It, it, it is. I don't know if you're bringing in a casual fan, but those that watch continuously and are constantly watching it, there is a different feel to it, which is the excitement that you alluded to that you want in watching the PGA Tour. No doubt. And, Danny, what's interesting, what's an additional interesting component is, like, last year, Scotty Scheffler had the big lead. He was number one going in, and Rory was not. So Rory was quite a ways behind. What's interesting, though, is you wind up seeing two players going head-to-head, yeah. one playing really well, the other's trying to hold on because he doesn't have that great a game because the, your game varies from week to week. You know, we've had A.J. Crouch on, who's a, who's a great guy playing on the Corn Ferry Tour, and Adam Long, who's another great guy playing on the PGA Tour, and them talking about how different one week is to the next, where, man, last week I made every single putt I looked at this week, I can't make a thing. Yeah. You know, and it so it changes a lot. And, and so within the FedEx Cup and the three events, you get a lot of weird stuff in there. It makes it fun. High drama when you talk about the PGA Tour. Coming up, our picks of the week. We've been red hot. FedEx St. Jude Championship in Memphis, Tennessee. That's on Beyond the Fairways, presented by Darty Business Solutions. Where do we find the best golfers in the world this week? It's time for the picks segment on Beyond the Fairways. FedEx St. Jude Championship in Memphis, Tennessee. All right, I mentioned it earlier. My partner knows a thing about a thing or two about putting up a low score at Memphis, Tennessee. Go ahead and brag. What what'd you do? One Sunday, I started off uh, right around 50th place, 45th place or something. I shot 61 Woo. and finished like fourth or fifth or something 61. like that. 61. Danny, the hole looked as big <laughs> as my head. It was uh, it, it was just so much fun. Um, it was just one of those days. Um, I made the longest putts I had the whole, you know, I had a 30-footer I make it and I missed a couple of 15-footers. It was just one of those days. Everything was going in. The game seemed easy. I didn't have many days like that. I was looking back. Every week we have had either a top five finish in our picks or a top ten or multiple, and we've had some winners along the way. So I'll go ahead and interrupt you right now, and you go ahead and brag and talk about the Open Championship. As long as I got my man Brian Harmon, I, I'm just happy that with that all year. That was unbelievable. And then who would you have last week? Oh, who did I have? That Russell finished, Henley. Yeah, he finished second. Did you see his ball roll yes. into the two divots? I'm I was like, still, come hey, on. I was still upset watching Justin Thomas did yeah. you see, with his chip. Oh, I wanted man. that to go down. That was incredible. Talk about drama. That was drama, I seeing know. that happen. Just to get in that spot and have a chance, and he knows where he's at, and he's got to go for it. I know, and he did it, and he pulls it off almost. And yep. it hits. I mean, it was really fun to watch, and his reaction. And, you know, what's interesting, Danny, is you, you, you see that um, – interview with Amanda afterwards and he's still holding out hope and he winds up mission, missing by a shot as did Adam Scott who closed yes. with 63 winds up missing by one shot over the course of the year. That's hard to take, man. It is very hard. Now let's get into our picks of the week. I'll go with my winner. Uh, Victor Hovland won the Memorial. Top 20 finishes at the U.S. Open and at the Open Championship this course, as you know, rewards ball striking, and he is one of the best in the PGA Tour, and that's why I'm going with Victor Hovland. I like how I tell you, Danny, when I look on our our stat list for the, the top 15 or so, top 20 on the FedEx Cup standing, I love seeing 
um, some older names that, that we haven't, that like Jason Dagg, yeah. kind of having a resurgence think, yeah. and, and playing well again. And, and um, he strikes me as someone that might have a chance down at Memphis. I I like um, Terrell Hatton's been one of my favorites. You love letting him, Hatton. Uh, yep, You're I, always going with Hatton. He's a good, he's a good ball. I'm going... I'm going with Chef. I'm going with Scotty Chef. Oh, go out on a limb on I this know, one. I know. This is a real big stretch. He's he's uh, currently second in the points. I actually thought he'd be leading in the I points. I did too, but we were looking that up, and he's not. He's behind John Rom. Rombo's got four wins this year, so I'm going to go with Chef as my uh, my favorite to win. All right. Dark horse for me. I'm going Sepp Straka. Love came, came up short, just short, last year against uh, Will Zalatoris. You probably remember that. He's won the John Deere, runner-up at the U.S. Open. He's motivated to make the European Ryder Cup team. And so I'm going with uh, Sepp Straka, and that'll be my dark horse pick for this week. My dark horse pick is going to be Hideki Matsuyama. He's 57th. He needs to move. He needs to get up and, and get up in that list. And uh, like you said, Sepp is looking to, to solidify that Ryder Cup spot. Highly and motivated. I think he'll be highly motivated. Both good golf courses. Hideki's won there at Memphis before. Man, Danny, I looked down through that list. There's so many players I'm interested in watching. I I feel like um, Matthew Fitzpatrick, it's a good golf course for Matthew Fitzpatrick. And so it's hard to know who's going to have the hot putter. But this has been fun. You have been smoking lately. Now, both of us. Well, I I like what you said earlier. From week to week, you just don't know what you're going to get. And somebody gets off to a hot start, watch out. They're going to be in contention throughout the four days. Danny, what was it? Was it three weeks ago where I called you and I took a screenshot of the leaderboard on Sunday and our four picks were in the top five? Yes. I felt good about that. Man, my phone. Our our phones have been blowing up. We got a couple of our buddy Jason Rantham throws it. He's like, what do you guys know? We're like, we're just just having fun with this stuff. Wait a minute. We highly researched this stuff. Yeah, that's right. We're, we're, we're in the weeds on this. Well, our thanks to Bob Herrig. And again, this is Beyond the Fairways. We have all kinds of interviews that have been cataloged from Tom Watson, David Faraday. The list goes on and Barbara, on. Ni- Barbara Nicholas. Oh, Lee I love Trevita. that. Barbara was great. Yeah, so lots more to come, too. We're going to we're gonna keep knocking some of these off. Jaybird, a lot of fun. Danny, love being with you, buddy. Beyond the Fairways, presented by Darty Business Solutions. Yeah.